Today's scripture will be coming from Matthew 26, verse 28. For this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for forgiveness of sins. Beloved, it's wonderful to see everyone this morning, and I can see many of you physically, and I'm very grateful for that. We uh, are seeing the rest of you out there in TV land, so to speak. Uh, with our mind's eye, and very grateful that you've joined us as well and are participating in our worship service this morning. Um, beloved, this is Memorial Day, and that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. The, uh, the cost of freedom is blood. Uh, I think people forget that sometimes. Uh, we need to understand. We need to know that, that the freedoms that we enjoy, that we take for granted so very, very often, has been purchased with a price, whether it's our spiritual freedom or the physical freedoms that we enjoy in this country today. And that's what we're going to be looking at. If you would look at 1 Corinthians chapter 11, uh, verses 23 through 26. Now, now this is, you know, we usually use these verses for uh, communion service, as we just uh, partook of. But, uh, but I think you're going to see where it fits into our, our, the cost of freedom this morning. Jesus, uh, the Apostle Paul says, For I received from the Lord that which... I also deliver to you that the Lord Jesus in the night which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And then he goes on to say, In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, The cup is the new covenant. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Brethren, we need to remember. We need to be reminded. We need to have memorials, memorial days. We need that. And um, because we tend to forget, don't we? That's why I um, asked um, our uh, brother Chris to lead that song that he just read, that we just led and sang, remind me, dear Lord, because, brother, as it says in the song, uh, Lord, I'm human. And humans forget. And we have a tendency to get busy in our everyday walks of life, so to speak, and our jobs and everything, all our responsibilities, and we do forget. And we do put these things in the back of our mind. That's why we partake of the Lord's Supper every first day of the week, because we do need that reminder. And so, brethren, by the same token, Memorial Day is a day of remembrance for those who have died for us and for our freedoms. And it traces its roots back to 1868 when General John Logan... Um, declared May 30 as a day of remembrance. And from that point on, flowers would be placed on graves of both Union and Confederate soldiers. Um, at the Arlington National Cemetery is where it began. And, and, and they originally called that day Decoration Day because they would decorate the graves. Um, it was sometimes also called Poppy Day because artificial poppies were made by disabled veterans and sold uh, and the money was used to benefit servicemen who were in need. Um, it wasn't until December of 2000 where Congress passed a, a resolution which asked for Americans, and I quote the resolution, to voluntarily and informally observe a moment of remembrance and respect at 3 o'clock local time. And I, there, every word of that sentence almost I disagree with, brethren. We should not momentarily and at a particular time, remember those sacrifices that were made for us. My goodness. And I know, I'm sure the intent wasn't that. 
by the writers of that particular phrase, but, but it does seem very uh, nonchalant. Oh, well, let's just take a moment at 3 o'clock and let's just... No, 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 brethren, we need to remember. See, there was a time in our country not long after World War II. I was born about uh, nine years after the end of the war, and, and everybody in that day knew somebody that had sacrificed their life in the Lord. They were oftentimes family members or neighbors or friends. And, 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 and now, of course, and, 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 and it's a grateful thing, a wonderful thing that we've not had another world war like that where so many millions lost their life. But now there's generations that, that couldn't really say that they personally know of someone that, that sacrificed themselves. But brethren, they did. And they made the ultimate sacrifice. And so we need to remember them, not just tomorrow, that's designated as Memorial Day. We need to think of this often. Tomorrow, of course, is the official memorial holiday, and many people's going to see it as just a three-day weekend, a time to have barbecue and spend a, or grill out and spend some time with family. But for those who have lost someone because of some act of war, it's going to mean a whole lot more to those folks. In fact, every American, I believe, ought to recognize this day in honor of those who spilled their blood to make America what she is today. Beloved, we take our freedoms for granted. We are a nation worth fighting for. We have a freedom that is worth fighting for. We possess a freedom that is worth dying for. And we should understand that. Because men and women have died for this country, we have the right this morning to do what we're doing right now, to worship God freely, to assemble freely, to preach God's word. We have the right to live at peace in our own homes. We have the right to pursue peace and prosperity and happiness. Memorial Day is a time when we remember one great fact. The cost of freedom is blood. Freedom isn't free. It is blood-bought, whether it's spiritual or physical. Once a year we observe Memorial Day, but brothers and sisters, the Christian is uh, privileged, as it were, to celebrate every week the memorial of Christ, you see. Jesus fought the armies of hell so that we can be set free from sin and the penalties of our sin. And for the Christian, every Sunday then becomes a memorial day. In John 8, 36, Jesus said, If the Son sets you free, then you will be free indeed. So I want to look at three points this morning that we need to do on Memorial Day, whether it's the Memorial of Christ or the Memorial of those brave men and women who, who died so we could be free. And I want us to give three points this morning, okay? And the lesson will be yours to consider. Number one, on Memorial Day, we mourn the loss. That's what we ought to do, brethren. I hope you do that when you partake of the Lord's Supper. That, that's not the only thing we do, but, we, but, but we, we need to mourn the loss, okay? When we remember loved ones who have died and and, and, and you know what, brethren, it's only natural, and I, and I do a lot of counseling along this for people that have lost loved ones for whatever reason. You go through the if-onlys, right? If only I had told him I loved him. I didn't know this would be the last time I'd see him. If only I had, had, had seen or been with her at the end. If only I hadn't spoken those mean words, the last words they heard on the face of this earth from my lips, you know. Brothers and sisters, we replay our regrets over and over and over in our minds. 
But we ultimately know that those if-onlys wouldn't change a thing. Now, on the Lord's Memorial Day, we can't help but think of the if-onlys. Have you ever thought along this line? I know I have several times. If only I hadn't sinned. If only I hadn't sinned, it wouldn't be necessary for Jesus to have died on the cross. And the truth of the matter is, brothers and sisters, it's our fault. <laughs> We're to blame. Isaiah 53, 4 through 6, if you look at that, surely our griefs he himself bore, and our sorrows he carried, yet we ourselves esteemed, esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted, but he was pierced through for who? Our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening for our well-being fell upon him, and by his scourging we're healed. Beloved, it is our fault. You know, and we need to acknowledge that. When we come to the Lord's memorial, we stand before a mirror, as it were, and face the truth of Romans 3.23, that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so we realize once again, don't we? I'm to blame. I caused his suffering. He was humiliated and beaten and spat upon and treated as a sinner and a common criminal and died a criminal's death on a cross because I am a sinner. And brethren, we know too that if I would have been the only one that sinned, he would have still died on that cross. And so brethren, I hardly ever in my daily prayers and especially during the Lord's Supper, I pray, I hardly ever neglect to pray this Jesus, I'm sorry my sins nailed you to the cross. I pray that constantly. And I also add, but I'm so very grateful you were determined to go there. Brethren, mourning the lost is one of the things that we need to do as we observe not only the memorial of our Lord, but for those brave men and women who died so we could be free. We need to mourn their loss. They, they never knew us for the most part, many of them. And yet they, they were willing to make that ultimate sacrifice. We should mourn their loss. It's healthy to do that. But secondly, we don't want to stop right there. Secondly, on a Memorial Day, we also remember the lives. That's what we need to do. The best way we can honor those folk who have given the ultimate sacrifice is to honor their life, to remember them. Not to just let them be, you know, the Statler brothers sing a, a beautiful song about, you know, he's more than just a name on a wall. And we need to remember those folk for what they've done. Part of the healing process of grief is to remember the life of the loved ones who have gone on before us, brethren. We need to talk about them. We need to, we need to keep their memory alive. The headstones we put on graves oftentimes is a testimony to how we remember these loved ones. I love it that in, in our culture, brethren, and I don't know if it's everywhere, but in our culture, we, we honor those fallen soldiers. We, we will put on our grace. On, they'll have sometimes a little brass uh, emblem that, that talks about their, you know, that they were in the, in the military or that, or that they were a, a, a veteran of a foreign war or that, or that they were a, a prisoner of war, you know, and, or that they received their purple heart. I love to see that on headstones. Because it is a fitting memorial. 
But, but you've seen this. I, I, I didn't write down everything you see on Headstone because there's a lot. But some of the things you read on Headstone, gone so soon or gone too soon, beloved son or daughter or mother or father, whatever. Though we miss you much, we know you rest with God. Others say safe in the arms of Jesus. And, of course, the, the very well-known gone but not forgotten. And, brethren, I hope that's true, that just because they're gone, they're certainly not forgotten. All of these messages tell us that these people are remembered and our communion tables are inscribed with the words, do this in remembrance of me. So we take a time every week to remember Jesus and for the sacrifice he made for us. And that shouldn't be the only time, brethren, of course, but that is a special time. And in the same way, this Memorial Day is a special time set aside in order to do that. And remember those who have died for us. 1 Corinthians 11.24 says that when he gave uh, thanks, he broke the bread and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And we need to do that, brethren. That that remembrance is important for us. And not something Jesus says to do, just to do it. There's a a definite reason for that. And, And so what do we remember then about Jesus? We remember his life, his teaching, of course, his example. But, of course, we remember his sacrificial death for us, for you and me. So at the Lord's table, brethren, we do more than, than, than just walk around a monument and a grave, so to speak. That, we don't celebrate that aspect of it. We, we also remember Jesus' victory over death and why he died, and we remember his resurrection, and we have fellowship, we understand, with a living Savior that's going to return to this earth one day and take his children home to heaven with him. That's what we remember during a communion service. But, brethren, on a memorial day also... We remember the soldiers. We remember their sacrifice and their lives that was given in order to have the freedom that we have today. So it is a time of remembrance. And so we, we mourn the loss, we remember the lives, and thirdly, we give thanks for the sacrifice. That's what we need to always be constantly doing because all those heroic acts on the battlefield throughout history have made our country what it is today. Beloved, we enjoy freedom and wealth that are unequaled in this world. Other nations build walls to keep their citizens from leaving that country. We have to build walls to keep a flood of people out because they want what we've got. Our freedom and our luxuries have come at a tremendous cost. We enjoy freedom in America because men have died for our country. The cost of freedom, again, beloved, is blood. And I pray we never forget that. And in the same way, Jesus gave his life to set us free from slavery and sin and death. And for this, we need to be eternally thankful, brethren. In 1 Corinthians 11, 25, Jesus says, In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant of my blood, so do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Matthew 26, 28, he reminds us, This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the forgiveness of sin. Brethren, when we drink the fruit of the vine, as it were, and we need to give thanks for our forgiveness that that blood was shed for us. 
Of course, that symbolizes the blood of Jesus that he shed to cleanse us from all of our sins. And when we come to this memorial table, we need to take the time to mourn the death of Jesus because of my sins. There needs to be remorse and regret and sorrow. And then we need to remember the life and the sacrifice and the death and the resurrection of Christ. And we need to give humble thanks for his sacrifice and have tremendous gratitude and rejoice that he was willing to do what he did. And brethren, in the same line, not to the same degree, of course, because Jesus saves us for an eternity, the men and women that died on our behalf so we can have the physical freedoms that we have, they did the same thing in a, in a sense, and not to the same degree again, but they, get, they willingly gave their lives. And so we, we need to remember them, brothers and sisters. These were a lot of them 18-year-old kids fresh out of high school that went basically from a graduation service to boot camp and then go overseas as teenagers and lay down their lives. Do you think that they had dreams of marrying and having children and a nice home and a career and a comfortable retirement and living a long life? But a lot of those young people with those aspirations and dreams hit the beaches of D-Day at Normandy and were blown to little bitty pieces so you and I can live free. We need to remember those things because it is through the sacrificial death of Jesus that we are redeemed for an eternity and it's through the sacrificial death of many other of our fellow citizens who give us the freedom that we enjoy today. So we must never forget, brothers and sisters. We must always remember. And the only way to truly remember and honor those who died for us is to live for and maintain what they died for. You see, many brave American soldiers sacrificed their lives and shed their blood so we can remain free, and we must live free. We've got to do that. We've got to stand vigorously against those who are trying to restrict and take away our freedoms. And brothers and sisters, if I may be so bold, that's exactly what's been trying to go on amongst some folk, not everybody, in our day-to-day. Their mantra is, never let a good crisis go to waste. Hitler said, you don't take away people's freedom all at once. You take them a little bit at a time, almost imperceptibly, and then you can enslave them. And if we allow politicians to direct how we can and cannot live, then we are dishonoring the memory of those who died for those very freedoms. We need to understand that, brethren. And likewise, Jesus died to set you free from the law of sin and death, Romans 8, 2 said. Jesus died to do that. Galatians 5, 1 tells us this. It was for freedom that Christ set you free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. And then 1 Corinthians 7, 23, I didn't get it in the outline I saw it later, but I listened to what it says. You were bought with a price. Talking about the blood of Jesus. You were bought with a price. Do not become slaves of men. Beloved, there's different ways you can be enslaved. Friend, if you're not in Christ today, 
You're enslaved. The Bible says you are a slave of sin and Satan. And it's going to destroy you, and you're going to live an eternity in hell one day if you don't get that right. But the good news, of course, as we've mentioned, is that God gives you a way to get that right. He has sacrificed his son on a cross so that you can live with him for an eternity. And if you will surrender your life to Christ, you can have the freedom in what the Bible calls freedom indeed. Freedom that no man can take away from you. And we would encourage you to do that. And beloved, if you're in Christ, as many and most in this auditorium are this morning, we've got to be ever diligent to never allow any man to take that freedom away from us. Let's remember that. You need to respond to the Lord's invitation. It's available now while we stand and sing.